Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my future guest is Don Stinson, and Don was a lost soul, like so many others during his 20s and 30s. But God paired him up with the perfect wife to get through those years, and then the perfect preacher. Slowly over time and sitting through powerful sermons, Don began to realize that maybe he wasn't too far gone to be accepted by God. He'd sit there and think, pastor's talking directly to me, so all you other folks can just go home. That preaching and his wife's patience were what God used to show Don that he is welcomed in God's home, regardless of his past, regardless of his mistakes, regardless of his mess. Now God is using Don for a bigger assignment that Don admits scares the heck out of him. You can find Don at trueheartheath.com, trueheartheath.com. Don, welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro in about 60 seconds. First of all, thanks for having me today. I, I really appreciate that. So some of the gaps is uh, really, I can't stress enough the importance of a of a loving wife who is stuck by me. And, you know, we've been married 34 years at this point. So that's, you know, family has, has been a rock and allowed me to, has allowed me the space and the room to grow uh, in my spiritual journey and my physical journey, all of those things. And I'm so appreciative of that. Um, but also just appreciative of God having the space to allow me to grow as well, because I certainly, uh, I certainly wasn't where I needed to be. And, and really didn't know, didn't think I had a problem at the time, you know, but they, over time, things slowly but surely started to reveal themselves that, wait a minute, I may dig into this a little bit deeper. Mm. Don, go ahead and take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Hmm. I would, I would say, and maybe, maybe, maybe not proud that I'm saying this, but I'm not sure many of them know about what I'm doing, about what I have this separate thing, I would hope that they would see that um, he's a little bit different because I have more patience and empathy uh, than other folks, but I don't necessarily talk about true heart health directly. Um, I have, I am in a new job at this point, but uh, so I don't know that they know my faith is as deep and as strong as it is outwardly. Again, I hope that my actions are showing differently mm. in that. So, mm. uh, and I'm not sure, frankly, I'm not sure why I haven't done that yet. <laughs> when you say why you haven't done that, what? specifically well, held back your faith in conversations or something? Yeah, probably, probably that, you know, there's that whole work, you know, do you bring, 
you know, faith into work and, and things such as that. I think worldly wisdom says you don't. I think God's wisdom says you absolutely must. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and again, that's where I hope I'm hoping that through some of the things that I do and some of the things that I say that we'll, I'll get people. And I've had that in the past where people have come to me going, Hey, what's your, something's different about you. Um, and I really appreciate those things. And then that gives me an open door to feel freer, if you will, to chat about, about yeah. faith and, and God and things such as that. That's great. So Don, let's go back in time. Tell us about you, a little bit about your upbringing, your story, what you raised with faith in the home, what denomination, um, no faith. What, what did that look like? Paint us a quick picture and then move us into your early twenties and thirties. Yeah. So direct, you know, growing up, there was really, we, di- we did not go to church. Now I, I did have my, my grandma, my nana, who was in church twice a week at least. And I would go with her occasionally to church, but as a family unit, we did not go. And, and I'm a twin and Dan and I would go to, to church with Nana. And the challenge with that, and it kind of set up this whole, am I worthy thing? It was kind of this whole uh, fire and brimstone approach. And, and, you know, it early on, and I was probably anywhere from 10 to 14 years old. And, you know, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm, I sin. And I didn't hear the grace part of that truth. Right. So that set me up thinking I, you know, I, I'm, I'm done for. I've sinned. It's not going to happen. So, and, and people and other people in my lives who called themselves Christians certainly didn't model that to me. So this, I felt there were some hypocritical things going on. So I never rejected God. I never not believed that there was a God, but at the same time, I didn't engage because I felt like I was too far gone for him. So typical 20s and 30s college, um, focused on career, focused on all of that, being very selfish, frankly. Um, uh, my wife, my wife would go to church just about every week and I would go with her occasionally. Um, and just again, over time, uh, we switched to a new church. We started taking my son and a uh, very dynamic speaker, preacher, very gifted. And over time, I would just sit there and go, hmm, maybe there is some grace to this and maybe I can be accepted. And it was, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a light bulb come on at all. It was just a little bit over time that things happened. Mm. It's like a slow marination of a good steak, right? It, it, it seeps in the goodness, yeah. the seasonings, the flavors of God seep yeah. in uh, to the, the toughness of, of who we are and the hardness of our hearts. And Absolutely. God slowly softens us right yes. over time. So what, right. what specifically, uh, well, two questions. I, we'll go with mm-hmm. the first. Mm-hmm. Your wife's going to church, so you married a good Christian gal. I did. She's going to church. You're showing up occasionally. Yeah. What what held you back from participating with your wife if it was important to her? I'm I'm guessing she requested you come or invited you oh, often. Yeah. Like what held you back or kept you away from church? Other than well, you didn't really get the grace part of it. I think right. I I, I you know I just felt like I didn't belong, and and I would go, and it was, and it just the culture, the environment just didn't feel as welcoming as I would think it would be until I, mm-hmm. we ran into this one church that I'm talking about. So, um, so yeah, I think it was just this whole culture welcoming. I felt like I was an outsider, like, Oh my gosh, if you guys, if you guys really knew me, you know, it, so that's why you won't talk to me kind of thing. So. Mm, that's so fascinating how often we do that. Oh. BC, BC nation, like listen to what Don's saying right now, because you've wrestled with this. I've wrestled with this. We all have. It's like, if people only knew how bad I really was, they would want nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. In fact, neither would God. Right. 
Yet God, we know, is God. He sees everything. So he knows how bad we, we have messed up. Yet, man, it's the imposter syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm an imposter in my own life. I'm Good an point. imposter in my own church, in my own business. If they only could see who I was underneath this mask, nobody would love me. Nobody would like me. Nobody would accept me. But it's not the truth, is it, Don? What did you come to realize? I, I came to realize there, there was actual grace there, that God, uh, Jesus has redeemed us, right? And, and, they're, they're, and you are welcome, and our sins will be washed away, forgiven. Uh, and then, and what I quickly realized is it's a process, though. You don't just change, you know, quote, unquote, day one. It takes, it takes time. It takes uh, some dedication. It takes a little bit of involvement. Just engage. And one of the things I like to tell folks now is we have to engage. We have to engage in whatever it is, our health, heart, heart health, whether it's spiritual heart or our physical heart. We, you have to start to engage with it, or otherwise it just weakens over time, just like any other muscle. Mm. It's more comfortable, though, to disengage, isn't it? Oh. Absolutely. And, our, and frankly, I, I believe our culture, society wants us to be comfortable. I, I, I talk about that in a book that I've been writing and, and comfort is, 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 is an enemy, but our culture tells us be comfortable. That's what we want. That's what the culture wants. And God's telling us don't be comfortable. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful, Don. It, you know, culture, the media says be comfortable. And if you can't be comfortable, be numb. You know, so be comfortably yeah. numb, right? There Escape, go. go, go use, uh, you know, medications, use drugs, mm-hmm. alcohol, abuse things, sex, etc. Numb out, escape yeah. your life if you can't get comfortable in it. Right. But there's, there's another way. There's an alternative, right? There's God's way. So what did you discover in your own life uh, that God wanted to give to you that was that alternative, that real solution? You know, it's it, it, and I won't go into a long, detail, long story. But at some point in my life, I realized I got to get healthy from a from a physical body perspective. And I think ultimately, at the time, I had no idea. But ultimately, the the the, the habits and the disciplines that you have to create to be healthy also set me up to be put in the habits and the discipline to be healthy spiritually. Mm. Um, so I think over time, and again, it I was probably 10 years doing the physical body health before I did anything spiritual. Uh, but there was this, this discipline in this process that really is basically the same thing over time. And then I think that discipline, I think he was working in me and basically going, I'm going to put these things in you so that when, when you get to the right place spiritually, uh, you, can, you can move forward from there. Mm, that's powerful. I believe you're right. Like those are universal, uh, transferable habits and disciplines, right? That, that God can use our, our human habits, um, just practical, physical things, physical disciplines. I know I was part of this uh, Christian men's uh, program called uh, Exodus 90. And uh, it's for guys. And there's like 10, 20, 30,000 dudes across the United States doing these programs in all these different churches. And it's a physical yet spiritually demanding um, regime. Of, of changing your habits, things like cold showers every morning during the winter. Yeah. Well, if you're in Tampa, Florida, like me, not so bad. Right. But if you're in Iowa or Washington State or Chicago and you're doing cold showers every morning, well, it really disciplines your physical senses. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to do that, a command, take command of your body over comfort, wow, you could really like leverage some spiritual disciplines as well. They're almost seem easier 
than the pain of the physical, right? Absolutely. So, so Don, what did you do specifically physically uh, that was able to be transferred uh, into spiritual growth? So ultimately, ultimately, first of all, I had, I had a support system there as well. I worked with a gentleman who um, used to be a, um, used to work out bodybuilding wise and he wasn't a huge bodybuilder, but <clears throat> so I was talking with him and he got me involved and it's just a matter of uh, it's, it's, it's a slow process. You know, I was afraid to go into the gym. I was pretty weak and, uh, but he, he, he made me feel comfortable. Uh, he, but he also started to establish the fact that, hey, we need to show up four days a week and we need to do this and here's your routine and this is what you're going to do. And that's kind of morphed into this mantra that I've, I've been using for about four or five years called daily purposeful engagement. Daily purposefully engage with whatever it is, healthy wise, heart health, spiritual, physical. Um, so ultimately he set that discipline in and I went from what I, what I would call indifference. I just wanted to be healthy, indifference to lifting weights, to actually tolerating it, to then liking it in probably to the love phase, if you will. So, but it was a slow marinate, as you talked about earlier. And uh, it wasn't like he threw me in, threw me in quote unquote, right to the deep end. And I, and then a week later, I'm like, you know, I'm so sorry, I can't move. I don't need this stuff anymore. It was a slow process there as well. A discipline was being built. Mm, got it. How did that transfer into spiritual growth and spiritual health for you? Yeah. So that ultimately from a spiritual perspective is once um, I love to read. So once I really started going, Hey, this can work. Um, you know, obviously talking with my wife, I've got a support system with like my brother-in-law, we started connecting and I had a guy at work who, uh, who was also, and I would go to him and he said, Hey, you might want to check Luke out. So then I just started going same deal. Um, so I made, I made a promise that I would spend as much time spiritually on my heart daily as I would physically on my heart. So it would be, Hey, it's unfair if I'm going to spend an hour in the gym, but only 10 minutes in, you know, with the Bible or in prayer or something like that. So, but it wasn't day one, jump into an hour, but I would slowly, but surely. So now I try to, everything gets equal time, quote unquote, it's a true heart health. You know, it's a full, full heart there um, trying to make sure that I'm, I'm engaging and, um, and not, not doing the worldly thing of having, you know, this physically healthy body, but also trying to, to be spiritual as well. And it just, it just morphed from there. And I started to engage at church. I started, I, you know, we started opening doors and ultimately that led to me being able to lead the, um, the, the greeting team for a little while. So I knew those people walking in the door was like me, like, Hey, we can't, it doesn't matter what they look like, what they're dressed like, whatever. Um, we got a welcome smile. Um, you're, you're welcome here. No matter what, if you need a prayer, let us know. Otherwise we'll leave you alone kind of thing. But trying to, again, set a culture of, we're welcoming in this place. Mm. How do you not cross the line of repelling new members in a church environment, uh, yet welcoming them, but not leaving them on the peripheral, actually engaging them, but without pushing on them too hard? Does that, that make that sense? Is, my question. Oh, oh, it absolutely does. And that's a you know, it's it's, it's interesting. Um, I was that that was one of the hot topics is how, and you try to read body language first of all, because some people, man, you just don't know what you may not have seen them before. So you try to read the body language. Is this person going to be willing and open to talk? If they don't look like it, certainly smile, welcome them, but don't push them because if you push them, they may not come back next week. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that the leadership of the church that I was in, and I was, I was a volunteer leader, um, you know, their basic thing is, is a lot of people make a determination within the first five minutes before they even get to the sermon, whether they're coming back again. Um, so it's this whole concept. So you, you, you try to teach and you try to learn and you try to grow um, and respect people as they walk in. But certainly some people want to talk 
And that's when you go, hey, I can pull you over here. I can grab a pastor for you. I can grab somebody on staff who I can pray for you. Someone else can pray for you. Mm. Thank you for going there. And I, I agree. It's a, it's a thin line. Um, but I do believe many people, especially right now with this pandemic and the, the real pandemic of loneliness yeah. um, and depression, many people do want to be engaged. They don't want to be engaged in a salesy way, but they want to be engaged in a very authentic, like, hey, I see you. Hey, I'm here Like to listen. What's, what are you dealing with? What are you going through right now? We're all dealing with something. What are you dealing with? And, and just inviting people to, to break through their comfort zone and share uh, you know, some of their pain, some of their struggle. I believe there's a real need and more of an acceptance um, to be engaged where before maybe they were closed off, like, don't, Hey, it's my business. Don't get it up in my, into my business. But now it's almost like people like unspokenly are saying, Hey, can someone please get into my business just for a moment? I, I, I need, I need that help. I need that, that listening ear. What do you want to say to that, Don? No, great. That, that, that's a great point. I do think, uh, you know, I've, I've been working from home for almost a year now, which, uh, uh, you know, I, I like, I like being engaged with people. Um, so there, there's a lot of there's a lot of hurt out there right now, and I do think you're right. I think it is a we're we're in a position to want to reach out, and I do that at the workplace. I, I try as best I can to to tell if people are kind of disengaging, so I'll connect with them on the side. Hey, how's it going? You know, can let's meet for 15 minutes. Let's just talk. Let's do a let's do a Zoom or something of that nature. Um, so trying trying again to read quote unquote body language. It's a little harder to do when everyone's working from home, but at the same time. Uh, that's, I think it's part of what I've been called to do is at least to try to, to identify and recognize some of those things. Again, be just a little bit different than most people. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Now you admit, um, that you're scared of the calling that God's put on you with this heart health, uh, -hmm. true heart health. You're scared to get the word out. Uh, there's some fear. There's a lack of confidence there for you. Uh, personally, thank you for admitting that because I think a lot of listeners, uh, the calling God's put on their heart, uh, they're scared to share. They're scared to put out there, whatever that is. So speak to us about that uh, just for a moment. What scares you most? You know, I, I think it's that human thing of rejection, right? I, I, I am strongly convinced that God has called me to this and put this on my heart. I'm, I've quote unquote vetted it you know, marinated on it a little bit. And it's, I don't, I strongly believe that it's not something I've made up. So, so, uh, you know, my, my son um, said something a couple of weeks ago at the beginning of the year, he goes, you know, this year I'm going to do hard things. And this is a hard thing. I mean, I love chatting. I love talking about this topic, but to kind of get out there, I'm afraid of, of the rejection. I mean, a, a great example is, is I've had this conversation with, with my son about Instagram you know, it's that whole social media thing, but how best to use Instagram. And then what I do is I end up locking myself up analysis paralysis, right? Oh, I don't want to do the wrong thing. So I end up not doing anything. And, and I got to get over that. Uh, you know, God, God's going to take it from here, quote unquote, if I can just start talking about it and getting the message out, you know, I throw a blog out a couple times a week and things such as that. And um, I love talking about it. I'm just afraid of that rejection, I think is ultimately it. Mm. So focusing on the rejection rather than on what God wants to do through you, what is that costing you right now? If I could be so personal to ask. Oh, it's, um, I think my, my biggest, my biggest fear is, is that I don't do 
I don't use the talents and I don't use the direction and the, um, the quote unquote skill set. I don't use those coins. You know, he, he's given me so many coins. I don't know if it's one or if it's five. I have no idea. But my, my fear is that I'm just going to bury it in the ground. And that's, as you know, we all know, that's not the right way to go here. Um, so I, I'm, I'm passionate about this for sure. And this is, this is a, this kind of thing is a big step for me to be able to, to kind of quote unquote, come out and chat about this. And I'm not afraid to talk about it. I think it's the rejection piece that mm. I'm not afraid of. You know, it's so interesting, right? And thank you, right? I acknowledge you for what you're sharing because you're touching on very sensitive topics for a lot of listeners, fear of rejection of other human beings. Mm-hmm. We place a higher value on that than we do on rejection from God. Meaning not that God rejects us, right? God loves us and accepts us, but, but in the parable of the talents, right? Like what happened to the, the, the slave, the servant that buried and did paralysis analysis, as you said, um, when the master came home, it was, there was something that happened. Like there was consequences. What did, what did the master do with that servant? Do you recall? I, I don't know. I mean, he gave his, he gave his, the quote unquote money to somebody else or the talents, if you will, to somebody else. Um, I, I don't know exactly. I can't remember off the top of my head what he did to that person. Yeah. I mean, I believe that, uh, or, or as I recall, he was sent away. He was like, yeah. depart yeah. from me, yeah. get away from me. Yeah. Right. Like I don't want, I want nothing to yeah. do with you because you wanted nothing to do with me. You didn't invest well with what I I gave you. So whatever that looks like in the spiritual realm for each of us with God, there's, there's a consequence to be had as well of us not using what God gave us. So I'm speaking to each of you, BC nation. And and I had to face this myself, uh, starting this podcast, broken Catholic. What a polarizing name. First off, (laughs) think about all the rejection, the target on my back, not just from non-Christians, but from Christians. To, to, it's a very uh, polarizing name for a show. And I remember I wrestled uh, similar to you, Don, with uh, some of those same fears of rejections, imposter syndrome. Who am I to get out there and start a show called Burger Catholic and talk about the human struggles we all face and then invite Protestants on and invite Catholics on and, and what are they going to think of me? And, and what is Joseph up to? What's his agenda? What's his motives? What is he really going for? Right? Because we're naturally skeptical human beings. So even though our hearts are good, others think we're up to something. And man, I had to face a lot of that, Don. And my own perfectionism growing up, you know, in military uh, household and just uh, performance-based relationship with God. And it's like, well, I'm going to have to do this perfectly in order for God to be pleased with me and for others not to reject me, but there's no such thing. So I just had to eventually lean in and say, God, I'm a broken instrument. So if you want to do something with this, I'm going to show up and do what I can as best I can. And the results I'm going to give to you. And I'm going to stop trying to control them because I'm a little control freak. That's what my whole life has looked like. (laughs) And I suspect, Don, I don't know, maybe there's some of that in you. VC Nation, maybe there's some control freak in you as well. There's that I got to get it perfect. I got to get it right. When in fact, that's God's responsibility, not yours. You just got to show up and actually take the action. Don, what shows up for you in that? I know that was confronting some of that language I just used. No, I I think so. It's interesting because I'm 
probably the opposite. Um, I, I was not a control freak. I was more of what I would call it a, a drifter through life. I just kind of was happy go lucky kind of, Hey, I'm happy to be here. And quote unquote, life is good. So I was, I was okay with, uh, uh, you know, just middle of the road grades and all of that good kind of stuff, but, but the same result, frankly, it was, it was the other aspect of it as well. And I think that's what kind of led me over time uh, to really, really one of my focuses for folks is to lead yourself well and to, to, to kind of get out of your head and, and really look at your environment and look at what's going on. And if we don't lead ourselves well, um, the, the culture in the world's leading us, they're, they're having us drift downstream, they're having us be comfortable. Um, so one of my, my main focuses is on, hey, we've got to look in the mirror and we've got to start leading ourselves well, and we've got to start taking control. Uh, we've got to start listening to God. We've, we've got to start understanding what, what it is we're doing and how these external uh, inputs are affecting us and to start to take control of to take control of ourselves and change isn't necessarily a bad thing. And if you, if you really want to get heart healthy, quote unquote, you're going to have to lead yourself well. So thank you for pushing back on that because you did well uh, in that you're saying, Hey, Joseph, I'm the opposite. I'm not the, the little control freak. I'm the passive guy. Yeah. My natural default is passivity yep. and both extremes control freak or passivity are very dangerous, mm-hmm. right? They really are. And they get us the same outcome right? Which is this passive Christian way of living, which is the lukewarm Christian. It really is. And that's what Jesus says. He, he vomits out of his mouth. He says, that, choose a side. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that very verse, um, that was maybe a turning point for me. That very verse, because I was like, that's me. I'm kind of lukewarm. I'm not cold. I'm not hot for sure. Um, so yeah, you just touched on a, one that was a turning point probably about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more than that. But I remember reading that and went, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Now, BC Nation, are you comfortably Christian? That's a problem. That's lukewarm, right? Don's saying it straight out. He had to face that about 10 years ago and look at himself in the mirror and ask that man in the mirror, like, am I getting uncomfortable for God? Or am I just comfortable in my own skin? Am I willing to put myself on the line and be rejected for God or not? This is what he's faced with. And, and Don, thank you again. I acknowledge you for uh, just being transparent with your existing struggle. You're still in it. You're in the fight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you're looking, you're looking for uh, opportunities to lean in more, to, to get more aggressive for God uh, in a good way. Um, so thank you for that. And what do you want to say to BC Nation right now that's stuck in their own passivity in a calling that God has put on their heart right now? And you don't have to have the perfect answer because you're still in the struggle, but maybe you have some powerful insight that you're not there yet, but you clearly know what's needed. What do you got for them? I would say, I think the, the whole lead yourself well, really challenge yourself. Uh, take a step back and really understand what's what. What are the inputs in your life? What is what's influencing you? Um, what are some of the things, frankly, that you may have to get rid of? And those are hard things because we're comfortable with those things. Uh, but the reality is, is where where ultimately are they leading you? Are you just drifting with them? And I would I would challenge folks to do that. And you know, there's it it doesn't. And the thing I would say is it's it's not huge changes. Ultimately, it's 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 a process. It takes time to get to where you're at. You know, some people can, you know, you know, you take smoking. Some people can quit smoking cold turkey, but most people can't. Most people have to go through some level of a process. 
Um, you know, same with like alcohol addiction and all that kind of stuff. So it's no different with us um, with that. So I think we have to lead ourselves well and we really just have to have a new aim and the aim doesn't have to be very far away, but the aim can be something that's attainable, something you can be sex- successful on and just continue to build on that. But the, the reality is, is you have to, you actually have to do it. You have to take that step. Uh, and then slowly over time, um, things will change. You, you will, uh, we will get healthier spiritually and physically. Um, if we, if we just, you know, I, I, I enjoy the process now, you know, it's weird. People say, Oh, you enjoy the process. Yeah, I actually do. I, I, I like how I feel after I spend some time in the word or I, or I write a blog or I do various different things. You, I, I feel more engaged. Mm. So do you think a passive Christian can do big things for God? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Tell me more. Well, I, for, I, well, compared to where I was, I feel like I'm doing bigger things. And let me tell you, if I, I'm just kind of your average guy, you know, I, I, I have a day job. I, uh, but when, and, it, and again, it just doesn't happen right off, right off the bat. But I do think passive Christians can absolutely take those steps and don't, I would just say, don't bite off more than you can chew to start with. Let, let God start to work in you and things will happen over time and you'll grow and you'll get, you'll get spiritually stronger and have more endurance built in. And you just never know what can happen. I can tell you five years ago, six years ago, I would have never thought that I would be able to even consider to write a book or create a blog site or um, come up with this true heart health. It, and, and again, I, it, you, you asked me that five, 10 years ago, I'm like, nah, there's no way. I mean, I, I don't do that. I can barely write a sentence and know where to put a comma sometimes, you know, so, and stuff like that. BC nation, listen to Don's heart right now, wherever you are in your walk with God, in your spiritual journey, maybe you feel unqualified. Maybe you feel unequipped. Maybe you feel just passive and comfortable. You don't want to do more than you're, you're doing right now. You don't want to be rejected by others. What would they actually think if they knew what was going on inside of you? They knew all those sinful desires you have, those bad habits, that secret habit you have that weighs you down every single day. What would they think? Listen, Don's saying to you, just put yourself in a position that's one step uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. One step outside of where you are right now. Maybe that's, hey, if you're not putting yourself in the word, in scripture every day, do five minutes. Okay. It's a baby step. Got it. Now I'm not a big fan of baby steps. I'm kind of an all in kind of guy, like throw me into the deep end. Otherwise I'm going to just revert back to my old behaviors. And that works for me. But Don's pointing out that doesn't work for everybody. There's two types of people out there, right? In pretty much any genre, there's always two types, two extremes. And, and Don's the opposite of me. And I respect that. And, and for, for Don, he's, he's the slow marinate uh, progress um, type of individual. And maybe you're that way. And if you are, then this episode is specifically for you. But you got to take one step. So ask yourself this week, God, Father, Heavenly Father, what's the next right move for me? What's that next one step you want me to take? And I will obey. Tell me and I will obey. I want to hear you. I, I, I mentioned this uh, recently on another episode, but in the uh, ancient Greek translation, the original translation of the Bible in Greek, um, the word hear, uh, you know, hear what God is saying. 
and, and Jesus would speak, you know, all those who have ears hear, right? The, the word hear doesn't mean what it means nowadays. It, back, back then, it means listen and obey. So to hear God's word is to listen and obey, not just to listen and go, oh, yeah, I agree with that. Thanks, pastor. High five. Yeah, I believe that. And then go back to your life and not obey. Right? So, so hear God's word this week, listen and obey. What's that one next step? Don, what do you want to add to that for BC Nation? I, I just want to, I, I, I love the whole um, all in approach as well. And some of my thoughts, um, I use this golf analogy about, hey, walk up to your ball, assess the situation. Are you in the rough? Are you in the fairway? And then once you assess where you're at, then take aim at something. And there are definite times where you got to grip it and rip it. You know, you just look at it and go, I'm going for the green in two. Uh, or there's times like, hey, I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to lay up on this shot. So, um, you know, I, I grip and rip it on some things for sure, but that's probably when I'm more comfortable at that point. You know, I've gotten, whereas you just, you just jump, you grip it and rip it, you know, right off the bat, which is great. So I, I, I am, I'm not always just a slow, but it's usually once I get to a comfortable place in whatever it is I'm doing, then I may grip it and rip it from that point on. So yeah, please. Uh, I, I like that analogy. Got it. And, and Don, NBC Nation, for me, most of my life, I've, I've allowed myself to get so far into the weeds or into the woods that I had to grip it and rip it because I was entangled in the, in the, the, the vines and, and I, I messed up so bad because that's just my personality. So I always would have to grip it and rip it to, to get myself out because if I did a, a slow one-step process, it, I was so entangled that wouldn't work. Right. Right. Where you're saying, hey, listen, I, I like to slowly just like I'm in, I'm in the rough. I'm mm -hmm. in the rough, you know, so I, I could take my time and get back to the green, you know, and, right. and you're right. But BC Nation, if you're if you're in the rough and, and you could take that one step because life isn't that hard or that bad or you're not at the rock bottom yet. That's good. That's great. Take that one step. But if you find you're in a place right now where you're right about to hit rock bottom, you're entangled, you got major addictions, you got major vices, the enemy's just swinging at you, your marriage is on the rocks, your kids are completely disconnected from you. Well, then you need to sometimes grip it and rip it, so to speak. Would you agree with that, Don? I, I would. And one thing I would just like to add and back to my golf analogy that I like to use in this. So before you, so once you, you, you kind of assess your situation and you take aim, uh, and you got your club in your hand. And if you think of a golfer, a lot of times, and I'm not a big golfer, by the way, but a lot of times they go behind their ball and they visualize a successful shot. So in any of those situations you just talked about, Joseph, um, you know, you know, down on your luck kind of situations and, and in various different arrangements, visualize what it's like to have a good marriage or your kids are, are good and you or a good relationship with your kids or uh, visualize what a good shot really means because that's ultimately what when you aim you're visualizing whether it's a short aim or a far aim you're visualizing success you need to do that and then walk up to the ball and, and hit it hit it based on the club in your hand and what you're trying to accomplish but if we don't at least visualize what it looks like what its success would look like um, mm. sometimes we just don't even know so we then then it makes us back off even more or be hesitant before we take the shot that's a great point Don. BC Nation, if you need help with that, if you are in the grip it and rip it season of your life and, and you need a, a, a good shot out, um, I may be the coach for you. If you're interested, <laughs> go to blowuprocks.com, blowuprocks.com. If you want to blow up those rocks that are standing between you and true success, if you want to blow up the rocks standing between you and your spouse and blocking that intimacy that you desire, or blow up the pile of rocks standing between you and real connection with your children or with God, 
or the rocks in your business that are holding you back. Go to blowuprocks.com to learn more. Don, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer (laughs) each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. Yeah, let's go. What's your favorite thing about God? Uh, Forgiveness. What's your least favorite thing about God? Um, It's just, it's the whole, you know, why is there sin in the world? Mm. What are you most afraid of? Oh, good question. Um, Not, not using my talents and being shunned. All right. I guess we got to grip it and rip it, buddy. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, All right. What uh, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. You shared one or two struggles. What's uh, a main struggle right now that you're dealing with either professionally or personally? Um, I, I am, I guess, professionally, it, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, the quote unquote isolation and being at home all the time. And I'm, I'm a, I really feel like I'm wired for, you know, engagement with people. Yeah. You Physical seem very engagement. social. Yep. For sure. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Sitting. <laughs> Sitting. <laughs> Sitting. Because if you're at work, you're up moving around, you're going to see people, you're walking to meetings or what have you. And ultimately I, I sit way more than I used to sit, which is very bad. This is what this whole show is about. I know you're talking about physically sitting, but this is about sitting passively in your life. Great point. Yes. Yeah. So this is a great episode about that. What secret fear do you have about people? Um, uh, you know, I guess ultimately that they would see me, see the, you know, the, the, the old me, if you will. Mm. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Uh, the, the grace. Yeah, the grace. Me too, bro. What is a new habit you want to create in your life? Uh, I would like to, and, and unfortunately, I'm going to confess that I've been working on this probably for a couple of years, but I, I would really like to pray more often during the day than just in the morning or just at night or both. One of those, you know, prayer throughout yeah. the day. Yeah, I get that. Uh, what's a bad habit you want to break? Other than sitting, which is a COVID-induced thing, I, I really need to eat more green stuff. Got it. More greens. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, still broken, but less broken. Um, I would say I'm transforming and engaged. Mm. Pick three words to describe who you are before you experience God in your heart in a real and tangible way. Selfish, um, broken, and drifting. Drifting. That's a good way to say it. And last question. If you could come back to life, Don, after you died, look your family and friends, your wife, your kids in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about life, everything, what would you say to them? Uh, I, I would use my daily purposeful engagement, engage with God daily um, and purposefully. Amen to that. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a real relationship with God versus not? I, I just, I would, I would, you know, plead or challenge people just to really lead themselves well and really look at where they are um, and really research God. And if you believe, if you believe there is a God, um, learn more about it. I, I, I like to say, you know, know why you believe what you believe. Mm. Amen. Don, where can uh, BC Nation get in touch with you, find out more, what you're up to, True Heart Health? What do you got for them? Uh, True Heart Health, www.truehearthealth.com. Uh, I throw some blog stuff out there. There's some new new things coming very soon um, on my whole assess, aim, visualize concept that's going on. Uh, also, you can get me on Instagram at Don underscore True Heart Health. And um, if you need to, if you need a speaker or anything of that nature, just go to my website and use the contact me form. 
also there's a, there's a weekly newsletter that I throw out there on Tuesday mornings. BC Nation, we've been speaking with Don Stinson. Don, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. And thank you for sharing with us how to get off of our spiritual butts, our spiritual seats, and actively lean into the calling that God has put on our lives. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you very much. You too. BC Nation, did you know that depression is spreading 100 times faster than COVID right now? And suicide rates are higher than ever? Listen, God's healing power is available to all his children, but no one is teaching people how to access it. But I am. Broken Catholic is now giving talks across the country and across the world. My message is the freedom that Protestants and Catholics have been waiting for. If you want me to come speak to your Christian community in person or via Zoom, visit brokencatholic.net to learn more. That's brokencatholic.net.